For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. What's up, everybody? Shout out to my sinners worldwide. Welcome back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, as always, Shane Told, as I take you into the conversations, the backstage conversations between me and other lead singers. And I've been busy. I've been very busy. We just did eight Warp Tour shows with my band Silverstein, and it's over for us, over forever. The chapter is closed for Silverstein. I think there's five more shows or something ever that the Warp Tour will do, and it was emotional. There were some tears, and very, very sad to see Warp Tour go. Hopefully, next year they still do some one-offs or whatever they do to keep the name alive, but it will never be the same, and it, it's sad. It's sad. That's all I have to say about that. I've been doing a whole bunch of podcasts, though, out on Warp Tour, and today is one of those conversations I had on the back of the bus with Mr. Tyler Carter of Issues, formerly of Woe Is Me, and a guy I've wanted to have on the show pretty much from when I started this thing, so very happy it could happen, and get ready for another great, honest conversation. Before we get into that, I want to thank everybody that tuned in last week with my conversation with Aaron Stringer of the Amity Affliction. We actually had a pretty good time last week going to the Taylor Swift show together uh, with a bunch of people from Warp Tour. What a show that was. I mean, I don't know how big into Taylor Swift music you might be. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter. That show was absolutely insane. I have never seen production like that. So if you have the means, go check out that show. Also, like I said, there's like five more Warp Tour dates or something. They're going down to Florida. If you are in that neck of the woods, you should really check out the final Warp Tour dates as well. And just announced, Silverstein, my band, we're going out on a pretty massive fall tour playing 
our first record from start to finish as well as greatest hits for its 15-year anniversary when Broken is easily fixed. We have support from Hawthorne Heights, As Cities Burn, and Capstan. It's going to be a great tour going all over the U.S. and parts of Canada. Tickets are going on sale this Friday, so check it out. The URL is whenbrokeniseasilyfixed.com. Also, as a reminder, if you want to get in touch with me, if you want to write me an email, it's real easy, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. We're on all the social media sites as well, so add us on there. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you like the show, feel free to write a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. And if you really, 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 really like the show, you should become a member of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. I'm not going to go into any details at all, but if you want more content, if you want bonus episodes, if you want all this stuff, more interaction with me, head to leadsingersyndrome.com slash access to check it out. For as little as $6 a month, it gets you in. I'm also welcoming a couple new sponsors to the show. You'll be hearing ads for them later. Thank you so much for the support. And of course, if you're in the market for what they're selling, definitely check it out. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Tyler Carter of Issues. Turn it up loud. Living the dream world. Living the lifestyle that we want. Not a damn thing gonna change me. I'll tell them where I'm from. We're all young and dirty. Living the dream world. Living the lifestyle that we want. Not a damn thing gonna change me. I'll tell them where I'm from. We're all young and dirty. I'm here at Lisa Syndrome with... Tyler Carter, the illustrious Tyler Carter, the guy I've wanted to have on the show since I started. Let me throw away my gum. I'm like chomping into the phone. Hey, yeah, I just Dude, put him on away. I have wanted to have you since I started this thing. How long have you been doing it? Dude, uh, coming up on three years. Wow. The first one I ever did, I recorded it on Warp Tour in 2015, mm. uh, actually with... Um, with uh, Caleb from Beartooth. It was okay. the first one I ever did. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like my demo, and it became episode one. And every time I've done it, every time I've you know gone through, like, okay, I'm out of people. Who, who can I ask? I'm like, Tyler, I want to... And I, and I try to get through to management and everything. Right. But here we are on Warp Tour, and I just basically just Man, came sense. up to you and was like, let's talk. I've only done a couple of podcasts, but uh, I think it was back before podcasts were like actually interesting. Right. Unless it was like it was like very, you know, I mean, it just wasn't that popular podcast. No, it's it's exploded. And yeah. This show's done really well. Especially now that you can you can do you put yours on Spotify? You I actually, music? mine's not or on Spotify. That, just because I always play music it? on my uh-huh. podcast. Uh huh. So, uh, like, I, like at the end of this, I'll probably play like your new solo song because oh, I want people to hear it. Uh, you know, and because of that, I think it gets weird. With Spotify because they play music and they pay whatever royalties, right. so that gets weird. So I'm not oh, really true. sure how to so go about that. So you host it on your own site, or no? Or, it's like on uh, iTunes and okay, stuff. Cool, it's cool. on iTunes. It's on all the podcast platforms. Right. So it's it's legitimate. Just um, Spotify started doing podcasts only a little while ago, and I guess mm. because Spotify is just so huge, it's you know it's obviously a big player in the game now. But I don't know why people want to listen to podcasts on Spotify. I There's think it's cool. Phone that I think, you know, uh, I, I'll attest to this. Podcasts are like the perfect pastime for road trips totally or being yeah. in the car or being stuck in traffic. Um, if it's not like, 
listening to podcasts or like listening to like my favorite artists like doing interviews or like comedy podcasts yeah, or whatever yeah. um then it's like watching conspiracy videos on youtube <laughs> you know what i mean no, like, totally totally it's it's I, I mean i'm the same way and part of this show is to fill a void that you don't have long form interviews with people very often and specifically with you you do very few interviews you don't do that many at all I feel like I've shied away from it because I don't have anything to promote, or, or unless it's like when people come come to me with like we want to do like you know whether it's like hot topics trying to do like a you know fifteen second you know silly stuff, um, but usually like they get so serious and I just feel embarrassed that I don't have anything to promote so it's good to like right now we're out here we're like my band issues is about to start like recording a new album like we've Great. gone through a lot of changes me like i i've been like two years like sitting on this solo album that i'm finally able to like put music out so it's like it's like now i have things i want to talk about i don't feel like embarrassed i think part of it though is just yourself and mm -hmm. you're such an interesting person that it doesn't matter if you have anything to promote or that you have new stuff coming out with issues and solo stuff. And I, believe me, I want to talk about all that stuff because mm. that is super interesting and, and part of the reason why you're agreeing to this, I guess. But you're an interesting dude, man. You started very young into this career. You have a, a very iconic voice now in the scene. No one sounds like you. You're one of the most talented singers maybe to ever play in, quote-unquote, a hardcore band. Oh, and, you're feeding my ego. Uh, well, I, I, I'm being <laughs> honest. Yet and yet you're somewhat you're secretive in a way, but then once in a while you'll just I don't know you'll just say something you'll be on Twitter and you'll be like yo this is the way it is I just feel like I forgot about being so public like I just like the last year has yeah. been kind of a hiatus for me and my band all the different things that we were like dealing with that I I almost just like it was it was liberating because I didn't I wasn't constantly thinking about yo, I need to post something and I need to think really hard about what I'm going to post today because I need to make sure it gets 500 retweets. You know what I mean? These right. are the type of things that really start bothering you when you're like, when you're an artist and like, obviously we, we focus solely on our music and we think our music like does a lot for us, but it sucks that it's good and bad that the, the time we, we came up in, in this industry, the internet helped us, but it also controlled us. So then yeah. it's constantly making you feel like, like you're not quite good enough unless you're getting like enough likes and sh and shit like that. So it, right, I can't. You know, it, it was nice this year to be able to disappear and like focus on my life and my music and like how much you know. of that is just comes with you know you're 26 now, which is still relatively young for how much you've done. Basically, mm -hmm. your second go around with another band, everything you've done, all these albums you put out. You're still very young, but how much of that? You know, mentality with social media or putting yourself out there just comes from I'm comfortable in my own skin now. I've done some stuff I'm proud of. I've grown as a person. I'm mature now. Do you think that's part of it? I'm 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 very I would say confident. I'm very thankful that I didn't I never crashed and burned, and I got to right. this age now in my career that that you're right I don't I don't I'm comfortable with who I am as an artist and what I'm doing because I think a lot of people crash and burn before they get to that point in their career I think a lot of people um 
get too comfortable or you know maybe they they party themselves downhill or or you know there's a, a number of reasons why people crash and burn but i feel like i think about stuff now and i think you know what i think it's cool and i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna be myself and i don't i don't try too hard anymore and i won't lie and say that i i wasn't a try hard in the past but <laughs> i just yeah you're right i mean you just get comfortable in your own skin and and then you just start to think like you just start thinking like an artist and like a human and people and people like you know they appreciate that i think do you think you were close at some points to crashing and burning do you think you could have there was those you know the like the devil on the shoulder angel on the other side or you know whatever proverbial things you want to talk about or right. could have gone down this path were you there because i remember you know, when you were a lot younger, this is five years ago on the tour with us. Yeah. You know, you were getting into some trouble, smashing some Jack Daniels you bottles. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, I and, just liked to you know, drink. It looked like, to me, I was like, this guy, I've seen it before, and I yeah. hope this guy goes down the right path because he's a good kid right. and a talented kid. Yeah. You but guys, I, I was you guys, about you guys were good good for me because you guys set me straight. Um, I obviously didn't get to have a lot of fun in my first band. We we had some really good success and we got to that point, but you know a lot of people we we just butted heads and there were people doing drugs in the band and that's one thing that I was always passionately like against. I didn't yeah. I never wanted to become that kind of rock star. Right. Um. And so when I left that band, I just left feeling like man, I never got to like have any like wild fun. You know, I mean, you can have wild fun without going all the way to like getting hooked on something. You know. <laughs> but so yeah. then when we got the second go around with the issues, um. You know, that was what, our our third tour, our second or third tour, and I was like, now I'm getting in the groove. And back then, you know, we were touring nine months a year, so after like two or three tours, you're kind of like, yo, I got this, I know what to do. So then we were just having, you know, we got a little wild, and uh, a lot of Jack Daniels, and yeah, I remember that night breaking that bottle, and then feeling like, so bad and I even grabbed a broom and cleaned it, but it still was <laughs> like, did, yeah. I'm like yeah. the most apologetic douchebag like you would have met back then but yeah no i always we all like you and we always have and we you know we were like well that's you know you never know what tyler might do on any given day but that was also in toronto in the, op the opera house like that's like the venue i went to I saw all my favorite bands as right a kid. right we're playing their headlining it's hometown show and then just yeah because i recall like a floor. few weeks later it was someone's birthday in your group and and we were at like White Rabbit and everybody was having fun that night we were like crushing beer cans on our right. heads and like getting wild but you know you were right that was like a hometown show for you guys and that was like it was just yeah it was just it was a weird no, weird timing no, you're right and then there was the we had a lot of parties on that tour and then there was the party in Cleveland which was a banging party you remember that one it was because uh, this was our thing this is our things if people don't know Silverstein we like to have a party with the whole tour when we can. Yeah. You know? And it doesn't always happen all the time, but, you know, once or twice in a tour, uh, if it's someone's birthday or whatever. And they, the Cleveland venue, it's not there anymore. They've torn it down, which is funny to the story. They let us have that party upstairs in the other smaller venue. And Jerry Roush from the oh, Glass okay. Cloud, yeah, yeah, yeah. he like punched uh, like a bunch of holes in the wall. And gotten, dude, that guy and was really getting in trouble. Oh, he did he made trouble. me look like a, like really good. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but he, yeah, he punched the holes in the, in the, in the wall. But then what was like, then he, I guess he denied it, mm -hmm. but there was cameras that literally our tour manager saw him doing it. So he got in a lot of trouble. And then, 
of course, like, you know, oh, you're banned from the venue, all the bands are banned, and you gotta it's get out so now. Weird. Now they're and, torn down. And it's torn down anyway. Wow. So those holes, I, I bet they never even fixed those holes in the wall. But that's not, that's besides the point. Um, we have too many memories. We, we can so, get way dude, off topic. I know so many memories. <laughs> but, you know, those, those were the early days, and I, I kind of want to go back to the earlier days and talk about how you got started in this whole crazy thing. Um, you know, I know you're from Georgia, mm-hmm. and you got a very early start. So, tell me about what your family life was like growing up, and and when did you realize you could sing or want to sing or whatever? I um, I mean, I've I think I just I mean, I always was singing as a little kid. I was infatuated with music. I mean, I think a lot of us who are really doing this for a living and like sticking it out. I mean, you guys have been in a band for a long time, and you still work and you still enjoy like your career you know yeah um i think a lot of us who who are like that have been that way since we were born you know what i mean it was like natural and i think um i learned to like whistle and i learned to yodel like from my grandfather (laughs) pretty much before i could even have like say full sentences um and you know i grew up um just being really like into like boy bands and being really into um like Hanson was like my favorite artist growing right. up. And did you have were your parents together? Did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have two brothers. Um, older, and younger. One older, one younger. Okay, middle child. Yeah, I'm the middle. Um, but yeah, I grew up and and I was always into like NSYNC and and I liked R and B, but I loved boy bands. But of course, growing up in Georgia, like country was part of my life. Sure, so yeah. So I I think I've always been like just into every genre like music good songs and like good vocals just always spoke to me so needless to say i was like oh i'm gonna be a singer when i get older you know what i mean like but you know growing up in a small town it's not every day that like it's not every day that like there's like a decent singer coming out of a small town but also if you are like how are you supposed to get noticed what are you supposed to do yes my only option at the time Thank was the internet at the time right right well yeah when i when i was little i probably could have been a pop star now if i had you know <laughs> what i mean if i was back then but um i i the only thing you could do was really start a band in a small town you know wh- whatever kind of band it was whether it was just like singer songwriter whether it was like rock and roll or like country or punk rock or whatever and it all like me getting into like playing music and i played drums for a couple bands i played keyboard for a couple bands. i would just kind of hop around with other musicians in my small town it all kind of happened at the same time that i was like really into skateboarding right so obviously i'm hanging out with all the skater boys we're getting we're listening to like hardcore music we're listening to you know old school like pop punk and stuff so yeah that's how i kind of like crossed into like being in a rock band because it was like sure. i wanted to be I would have loved to have been a, a pop star as a kid or like a, you know, Billy Gilman, like country singer or something. Um, but that wasn't an option from a small town. Like I would have never made it. Like it just, you know, and it's not like I'm telling anybody from a small town, like just don't give up, on, you know, give up on your dreams. You're never going to make it. No, because it's just like, how are you going to make it? What do you got to do to get to where you want to be? Right. And yeah. if being in a band was like, was like my route at the time then that's what that's what i was doing well it makes sense i mean with what you do it's it's like it's clear it's clear as day now okay i was i grew up i was into this kind of soulful music and Mm -hmm. boy bands and stuff and then i found 
punk rock, rock and roll, and literally marry the two, and that's issues. That's yeah. Like, in a nutshell, that's pretty much. Yeah, I guess pretty so. much the band. So it's cool that it just your story yeah. checks out, man. Um, so how did you? I mean, you were very young though, still. Like, how did it happen? I just because I mean I was pretty old, relatively speaking, when I started in this this thing, and I was I think my first tour I was like twenty two. Um, our first record came out when I was yeah I was twenty two. My first record you know came out uh, the first Silverstein record. But I mean, how old were you when the first What Was Me record came out or first EP when you were signed? I was uh, well I signed right before I turned eighteen or maybe I just turned eighteen. But I was basically a senior. Right. So how does that work? I mean, it was like the beginning of my career. Senior year. You have to give up school. You well, have no, to I, get on look get on the road. Like, do you need? I went to military school. Like, I went to work? I went to military school, and like the, there was a couple years where I boarded. I was like boarding school. Uh, there was a couple years where I, I went home every day. I was like a day student. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got to like where I was boarding there. Um, my bands, you know, I used to book our own shows, like some of my local bands, you know, I was in. I would just find like warehouses and like little bars and little stuff around town or like in the next town over. And I would just like book our own shows and get other local bands to play because I didn't know how else to play shows, but like I wanted to play in front of people so bad. Um, but you know one band led to another you might play shows with other local bands and that local band's like a little better yeah this than this band you know that band that opened for us like was a little better so next thing you know i'm like powwowing with those guys and like you should join our band dude and then that band's like yeah we're playing a gig in south carolina next week and so next thing you know oh shit i'm going out of state now like oh we're on tour dude (laughs) you know what i mean and so then you might meet another band and so one band led to another and um, I ended up, I was playing drums too, mind you. And and so finally, this really cool pop punk band was like, you know, I was singing and playing drums because I was like Aaron Gillespie, like wanna oh, be yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. all my bands were like t- not really metal, but they were pop <laughs> like pop pop punk and stuff. But I ended up, yeah, this one band was like, you know, you're like better at singing than drumming if you don't mind me saying and i was like what but like i love drumming they're like i don't know man i just think you should like consider one or the other and so i joined that band as a front man and we actually like did a bunch of shows it was called it was called roll with it that was the name of the the band band. and it was like four years strong it was like happy core like pop punk you know and we we actually like were traveling and doing shows and then um and you're like 17 at this point i'm 16. 16. I was. I had to have been 16 because I remember. I remember one time like getting in trouble for like like going to a party and getting drunk or something, and uh, <laughs> my mom took my car away, but she didn't take the band away. So so my guitar player had to pick me up for rehearsal and bring me home at a certain time, and he could pick me up on the weekends to go play gigs. Okay. But I was grounded for like two months, <laughs> but I couldn't drive. I couldn't do anything. But the one thing my mom would never take away was music, because she's like, I'll ground you from everything. You come home from rehearsal, you go to your room, no computer, no phone, no nothing. Like She would be coordinating like my practice schedule. But she knew, I guess she saw the potential. She did, and my mom was like always like, and my mom used to run around with like metal bands when she was younger. Like uh, she, okay. my mom, I just found this out recently, but my mom saw Prince 11 times. Wow. As a teen. 
crazy. 11 times. Like, I, I didn't know that Prince was touring like that. That's like somebody saying, like, coming to Warped Tour and meeting me and be like, this is like the 18th time I've seen you guys. Right, right. It's like, oh my God, you're a lifer. Yeah, my mom was super... So she supported me hard. And But yeah, so that, that band, I jumped from that band. We played a show with... Um, uh, with a band called A Pathless Traveled and that was my first taste at like you know like the Amorosa type bands and like the Attack Attacks you know the scene that was like right. the first time I ever realized there was a scene like a Warped Tour or AP scene or whatever I joined that band later and everybody was like this guy like we got this new singer he sounds like Johnny Craig like that was like what right, everybody right. said to me and I was like okay so, was Johnny um, Craig an influence you, or is he an influence on you? I hadn't I hadn't heard of Amorosa until people started saying that, and then I obviously became like pretty infatuated with with Amorosa, and um, yeah, that that band we almost you know signed to Rise, like we had been in conversations with with you know Rise Records, and uh, a lot of the guys in that band they just weren't you know like like I mentioned like we're people who we're born for this and like we want a career out of this a lot of the guys in the band were just guys who like played instruments sure, and like they just thought it was fun like whatever they weren't really seeing it as like an opportunity to like have a career um so michael vaughn was in yeah. that band as well with me and we um we both went and start and got in um working on the what was me project and rise caught wind that like i had joined that band and right. our drummer was in a you know prior band called of machines and so because there was like now there was two like people that the label like knew of and stuff it was like quick to sign and everything but obviously it's crazy you know, yeah no, issues I didn't, I didn't is the know like story you bring up michael and I, he's been with you for well sorry he was with you for a long time sure mm -hmm. he's not with you now right. Is it, I mean the dynamic must be completely different. It's, How's yeah, that for you personally? It's definitely. With that? Uh, I, it was probably one of the hardest like situations to go through, like the hardest decision because you know our band. We this wasn't like just a one year band or a two year band like yeah. my my things in the past. After we hit like three years of being a band, I was like, oh my god, are we really doing this? This isn't you know I'd never experienced that before because my whole life of being in bands it was just like jumping from band to band month after month and what was me was just like one two years like six, you know we had some success but it just wasn't nobody yeah. was as serious as i was and me and michael left and started issues like i couldn't believe it once we we got like three years in and now we're what six, almost six years and i guess and it's just crazy but um yeah the dynamic is obviously a lot different now but we got to that point and and this career where we've all grown so different musically like our influences are completely different um the way we write the things we write like the how we take the writing serious and um it was hard because michael was obviously my best friend and we had been in that two previous bands yeah. together before so you talk about like being musical partners with someone for 10 years and then getting to a point where you know michael's really not like a songwriter and that's like not a problem because he was a great performer he was an incredible performer um but he wasn't a songwriter so it's hard to like be the four of us write all the time and and we're very you know we're very we work really hard we work long hours on writing and um doing it a certain way and like having a something that we we like the sound of and 
Michael really didn't understand like what we were doing musically and didn't you know didn't see eye to eye and also it was kind of difficult um, I'm just telling it like it is yeah Sorry, I'm, I, I appreciate that but I'm being delicate because I know fans are still you know processing uh, but um, it's hard for me and this isn't me being selfish or, or egotistical but it's hard for me to write what I believe is like a great song or a great top line and I'm very passionate about and then have to work someone else into the equation and like give up parts that I wrote a certain way and have or like have to simplify them because you know we pushed Michael to start singing as well yeah and um, that was a big jump for him and I don't believe that he was meant to be like was a clean singer and I don't right. know if he was comfortable with it he worked really really hard but it just never really took our music where we wanted it to go. Okay, um, and I guess I guess that makes him feel like an outsider, probably too. He probably doesn't. Right, seem like it wasn't he fair been to him. Happy. It wasn't fair to him as well. So. so, I mean, I guess the next question, obvious question, is moving forward. It's been, you know, you just said you guys are getting ready to record the next issues record, album number three, and I guess without a screamer. Are you guys still going to be incorporating screaming into the music? Are you going to be doing some of it? I know you've done a little bit. Um, there's some videos. I've been doing, doing some it. live, and yeah. you know, Sky's, done a lot. Sky's got a certain sound that's very like very brutal, very metal sounding scream. AJ's got the most, just like mid range, just traditional, easy to yeah, traditional yeah. fry screaming, and it's like appealing to the ear. Um, we've talked about it. I mean, currently we have. 48 songs I think we, we've <laughs> really? been doing like because we've been we've never had this much time and we got yeah. carried away because we, we just got so into writing so now we're like 48 maybe more songs like whether it's instrumentals mostly it's top lines that are, have been like we've incorporated drums and guitar and stuff um, I've, I've written some screaming parts to some of the songs like naturally a lot of it's mostly singing but like once we get in the studio and we start adding ad libs and we start adding you know like different elements to the production stuff we'll know like okay this part calls for screaming right. but we haven't been forcefully you know even on the last record we wrote songs that we didn't think were meant to have screaming um and i know kids are like well if you don't scream then you're not heavy and that's kind of like that's hard to deal with because it's like we've got songs in double Drop C sharp. Yeah, like, you guys tune lower. We've than got anybody. songs on this new record that are like so heavy. We're gonna need like eight string guitars, but kids don't. You know, fans don't understand that sometimes. Um, that that's you know, it's not right. just screaming that makes it heavy. But sure, we um, we, I've definitely written some parts, and I, I think AJ's gonna do some parts. Sky's gonna, might do some layers. Like I know there's a couple parts on the record I want Sky to sing because he's also like has a really great like R and B voice and his you know family like grew up in the gospel yeah. church like his mom <clears throat> is a gospel singer a classic gospel singer so he's got a really great voice as well but it's just what it what calls what does it call for you know what i mean totally. we've written songs on the last record that didn't call for it but we had to put it in there because we can't have a song where we don't incorporate michael into the song and that that was hard for us as well because we felt like sometimes we, it didn't need that. You were forcing it. Right. right. Yeah, right. exactly. Of, of course. You're, yeah. I totally get it. I mean, you're, I guess the songwriting approach won't really change that much. Then, yeah. Is what you're saying. I yeah, mean, exactly. You know, I just, I don't know if, if people will always, like, I don't know 
if people were ever really understand where we're coming from in that sense um because they're not in our band but yeah you like you said we it, it felt forced and I think that's why our last record suffered. Yeah, we had a couple of really great songs. Like I don't think it, I don't think that at all. I think your last record is incredible. And you know what? I, I got to say, man, I think it. What you know, touring with you guys early on and stuff, and we were always like, this band's all right. You know, like this is packed back when you were in your right. first EP or whatever on tour with us. And then you put out that last record, and we were like, oh damn, dude, this is like got some bangers. We felt like we came a long way as a as a group. Um, but it's just, it's. I think that our first, our self-titled album, was so different at the time that I think it really set bars. I think that we like, kind of, came out of the water with something fresh. And then the last record was obviously a lot fresher. And I think it showcased the the band members, like the playing, oh, totally. and the, the composition and everything. But I don't know if fans understood it that way. I think everybody in this band knows that like all of our friends and other bands and like other musicians loved Headspace yeah because but it's fans because it's such a technical record right it's so interesting there's like rhythms The there's things that AJ and, and Sky are doing that to be completely honest I don't know if anyone's done before right and then you're there like shredding on the vocals too so <laughs> it, it really was a cool record and, and um, do you so, so are you saying that the next record do you think is going to be a little bit maybe a little bit more pulled back i don't think it'll be pulled back in any sense i just think it'll be more polished like i think we have more time to perfect our songs like the our first record was like yo you have a month to to write and then a month to record and then a second record was like we had a couple months of like writing sessions but we were also touring a lot in between and so it wasn't enough focus this year we literally took a year off to go on hiatus just to focus on making an album and what do what does our band want to sound like for the next 10 years like do we want to have you know what i mean like now we're six years in can we make it another six years um and 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 never forcing it like just letting the music be how it is and us like focus on just making everything cohesive and makes sense absolutely and when do you have any time frame at all of when people can expect to hear either hear a track or when the whole thing's gonna drop I don't know when we'll be able to put out a single but I know we're recording in October okay and so I think our final writing sessions are coming like right after this tour just like kind of tighten things up and then record an album in October, but yeah, I I don't want anything to feel forced, and I I want us to uh, make sure we take our time to make the record right because we all kind of just like stepped on each other on the last record. It was fun, and I think a lot of people appreciate that. But um, I'm like lyrics too, for instance. I'm I'm spending a lot more time to make sure that I have something to say because I think that's what fans really loved about the self-titled album. Okay, was. Yeah. You know, I was speaking about struggles and I was speaking about things. And not every song is going to be like an emo anthem, but like, <laughs> you know, I think people really connected with me on that record. And then the last record, I I wasn't going through that much, to be honest. Like, life was really good. Like, I felt like on Cloud Nine. So a lot of the songs were just a lot more fun, which I think might have came across as neglect to our fans at the time, but it also gained us a whole new demographic of people that were connecting with us because the music was groovy and like mm-hmm. the parts were cool and not just because you know everything was like a sad song. Absolutely. Lyrics is a good segue here to talk about 
your solo stuff. Mm-hmm. And your new track, Pressure, is awesome. Thank you. And lyrically, I think it's kind of a nice mix of fun and also serious. Yeah. You know, in a way. And obviously it's written in a style, lyrically, that's more, much more, you know, R&B, pop right. than rock, uh, lyrically. Production-wise, it's fully, other than the guitar solo maybe, right. it's fully pop. Um, and you're here. You're on Warp Tour, and you're dropping this. Like in the middle of yeah. Warp Tour, you're like on stage, everyone's screaming, it's going crazy, and then here you are releasing a solo pop song. What what goes through your head with all this is happening? You know, like where where are you? What are you focusing on? It's like you're you're pretty all over the place. It's funny because like I, a lot of people think I bite off more than I can chew, and I might have in the past, but I've kind of like started to create a lane of like focus. Uh, the and everybody like always expects like the Tyler Carter project and the issues project to interfere or clash or cross and i always tell i've told like my previous managers i've told like my label i've always said i want two different careers in two different worlds like of course you it know and there's sense. so many people that do it like Jared Leto's got a complete acting career and he's got a complete music career why can't i have a pop solo career and a rock and roll band career like why as long as i manage my time well it should be no one else's business like what what i do with my two careers you know what i mean and that's kind of what pressure is about like i wrote pressure i didn't uh, and obviously i didn't know at the time like what song's gonna come out first or anything like i just go with the flow on that um i've got other songs on my record i'm about to put out a new single in a couple weeks called focus and it's very much just about like my love life right now and how how great it is and just um but pressure was i got to a point when i was making a solo solo record that my label and you know i'm I'm funded by rise records so yeah they came out to listen to the songs and one of the guys at the label really understood what i was going for and really supported it he loved me sean yeah um great guy gets it he loves pop music he loves r&b he loves hip-hop and he he understood where i was going with that and used to work i think with beluga heights so he's been around that world a different guy at at the label was really pushing for me to focus on issues fans making like an acoustic pop right. or like an acoustic right. pop record or acoustic emo record and i was like that's not me though like if i wanted to do an acoustic record I'd, I'd do a flip an acoustic issues record but my solo career is like i want to be what i want to be like lyrically i'm influenced by people like frank ocean yeah. and people like ed sheeran i think they're incredible writers frank ocean's colorful weird like eccentric and uh ed sheeran's like pulls on the heartstrings so between between the two of them like that's how you get that's how you get the influence for my solo record so i wrote pressure about the label basically trying to change my mind about who i should be as a solo artist right but it's almost like you have to live two different lives right because because and for rise it's hard because they're not in the business of selling pop records Mm -hmm. they're in the business of selling heavy rock records right and I don't know I mean obviously you're signed to them and they're your label and you're close with them and Sean is a great guy Uh, but that's hard because they're trying to sell the same the same product well that you if you're the product they're trying to sell you but they have to split you in half and sell you to two different completely different groups of people Uh, and that's hard that's hard to promote because uh, one side of your fans are going to be confused about what the other half is doing 
in it's, some ways. We're in Although a good to t- me, it makes perfect sense. But it's it's very difficult. But we're coming to a good like era because so many artists are crossbreeding like their influences. You know, you got rap artists like Lil Uzi Vert or Post Malone who are highly influenced by the rock and roll industry. Yeah. Um, and people who like rock music, like a lot of these fans out here at Warp Tour probably love listening to Post Malone. You know, or Halsey, for instance, like people who come from rock backgrounds and um, and you got bands like Chase Atlantic who are out here on the tour who've got like the full band setting but are ultimately like kind of a hip hop R and B band. Yeah. I think yeah. that like we're at a we're in a good place, a good era for like crossbreeding the two and uh with issues like I think my the issues fans really understand my solo music. Um, so. and then my so. solo music so opens com- so many doors. It totally. It's it's very, very different. So what I mean, what are your long term goals then? I mean you know, you said early in the conversation, you said, oh, their internet was there when I was a kid. Like, I'd be a pop star. Is the goal, would you love to be a pop star? Would you love to have this solo stuff pop off and just be in the mainstream world? Is that a goal of yours? Or is issues kind of the focus and then this is something you do kind of for fun? Or is it just kind of see what happens? I mean, I'm just kind of like letting it letting it fly right now. I'm just like seeing where it goes. I mean, there's so many artists... And songwriters who have several projects, you know, that they just they just let them like let them fly with the wind and see like, you know, I mean, you got like somebody like Jack Antonoff who who is like a songwriter and has a great career like writing songs for people, and then he kind of like has his his gig with like Bleachers. Um, I just wanna I just wanna make good music and put it out and see what happens. If somebody's gonna book me for a solo tour. Then I'm gonna go do it. I just gotta make sure I manage manage my two careers, like my solo and like songwriting career and my yeah. my band career, and, and totally. I make sure that I don't conflict my schedules. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't mind being a pop star and like being super <laughs> yeah, bu- be right. and being super busy, but getting to like do a few rock tours a year with issues and play festivals and stuff too. Like I want to be able to do that, and I don't mind like the grind. I don't mind being busy you know what i mean like do a solo tour have a week home do an issues tour do some festivals do some appearances or whatever you know what i mean i don't know i'm just seeing where it goes and we have to like just but the new solo but the solo record is done yes you've mixed released mixed mastered four music videos shot so what are the are you going to roll out can you spill the beans on when this is happening when are you going to roll this i this thing out to be honest with you like i don't have a manager right now as a solo artist and I'm so particular that it's it's kind of like waiting for the right person to come along and collaborate with me on the solo project. Issues is very well managed. Like we have a great team, um, but it, I'm I'm a lot to handle. Like when it comes to like <laughs> being an artist, because I'm a lot to handle as the front runner of issues, like the the ringleader. You okay. know, so me trying to have that same team. Uh, manage my solo career too it's like it's just too it's too much and I'm too I'm too much so I'm I'm like currently just waiting for to I'm trying to put together like the right team and uh, I don't know what my plan is to release the album I'm, I'm hoping to release it sometime this fall or this winter 
but I want to have some shows lined up sure, because I'm course, a strong yeah. believer that FaceTime is important. And you know from early on in issues, if we hadn't done seven tours in a row at the beginning of our career, I don't think we would have blown up that fast. So I, I can put out singles and put out and get playlisted and do all these great things that you can do with, with pop music. But I just don't think at the end of the day it's going to – I'm not going to be satisfied with the result, and I don't think – I'm going to grow the way I want to grow unless I'm actually playing shows. So the record's going to come when I figure out my touring situation. No, but, it makes, and it makes sense that to, for what you're trying to do more on the pop side of things to have a manager that understands that world. Right. And because, I don't think a lot of pop, well, pop stars maybe, but I don't think a lot of these up and coming hip hop, like R&B stars that are really making, you know, get going viral online. I don't think they understand quite how hard it is to like tour nonstop, right. I, th- I think I appreciate that about my rock because, background because right, totally, man. I know what it's like to sleep on the front seat or the you know floor of a van right. and between two wheel wells. We've yeah, all done that. I know yeah. what it's like to take a sink shower and steal honey buns in my in my ho- <laughs> put honey buns in my hoodie just to just to eat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those were some hard times, but um, yeah, I definitely I'm gonna put out two more singles. Um, before the summer is over, I'm putting out one either next week or uh, how, whenever, whenever the I submitted it already. So whenever it drops, you know, <laughs> it's hard not having a team. But I, I think I, I love that because I'm just, I'm just giving giving it to them raw. You know, well, I mean? this is great, and and I think a lot of people hearing this from the horse's mouth exactly what's going on. Uh, people are going to understand when they hear this. And I'll definitely play. Um, I'll play your song "Pressure" for sure at the end of this episode. And awesome. and it is, like I said, there's not a lot of rock, rock background. Now I understand that you do a lot of production on your own too. Was this self-produced or did you have someone working on um, it? I worked on the song with um, Lofile, Tyler Accord. He okay. he's the yep. twin brother of my bass player, X X Issues member. And yeah, he used to be in the band. He was our DJ and like primary writer, like he and I and. Uh, he's full time producing now, and I did about five songs on my record with him. Um, and yeah, like I, I, he produced it, and he did a very great job. But when it comes to like, yo, I, I kind of want this section to duck out. I, I'm hearing this kind of beat, like you know, beatbox a little bit. Like I want it to sound like that. Um, I put a guitar solo on it. I have like four or five guitar solos on my record. Who played the guitar solo? Did um, you play it? No, I wish. Um, <laughs> mostly um, Drew DeCaro. He he plays for Vic Menza and he p- tours with Miguel. He's a good friend of mine. He's phenomenal producer, phenomenal cool. guitar player. And then uh, a few solos by Brandon Paddock, who was the engineer. He engineered and mixed the record, like engineered all the vocals. Um, between them two, both great composers. Um, AJ and Issue is like refuses to do guitar solos so I, I was a bit deprived because i've always wanted like <laughs> i've always wanted full santana like on my totally, on man. my music and so well, I, for, I got carried away it absolutely works in that song and uh, and i really like it um you mentioned uh, for a second you know how how great your love life is going which congratulations and i hope all these projects don't get in the way of that yeah yeah um one thing you did a few years back is you came out as bisexual uh-huh. and I was actually really 
it warmed my heart to see the support that you right. felt. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I, I'm sure if when you, I don't know if you're reading comments or anything. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. some negativity or whatever, but I felt like it was really a beautiful thing that you came out. You had so much support and love, and I think that that's great, a great thing for the scene. How has that been moving forward with you? What was great about that whole situation was that like once I came out. I, I don't think I ever saw any negativity past that point. Great. I think because of my androgyny and my <laughs> personality and my some of my friendships with like very androgynous and very like gay people, um, I would always get like called fag or or just uh, get kind of dragged on the internet like because of that. Once I came out, they were kind of like, uh, oh. You know what I mean? Like nobody <laughs> nobody really gave like made those comments because they were like, what are you gonna say like oh fag and I'm like yeah They're gonna be, oh you know what I mean like it was like uh, yeah. the fact that I was in the closet was more was more uh, ridiculing for me than when I came out because people were like oh you know now it makes sense or oh finally finally he owns up to it it was weird it was kind of like just this weird clapback but it was good I got a lot of support and uh, do you feel a weight off your chest I guess too probably. oh I definitely I mean, did it, and I think it helped so much because you know after that um, I was able, you know, I wrote the song Never Lose Your Flames, which was like a very empowering song for a lot of, I mean, I meet fans every day on Warp Tour. This is like the hub of meeting fans that get you to express, do a yeah, we do a signing. Um, we have like pride flags like at our merch table and like, that's just like very, sim- you know, it's like a really strong symbol for me and a lot of, of fans that I meet get to tell me their story about coming out or transitioning or like having mm-hmm. top surgery or like the way I got them through like coming out to their families and stuff and it's like that kind of confidence makes it easier for them because you know not having enough confidence it, it, it doesn't soften the blow of coming out to families like owning it and being confident and being like strong and powerful of like this is me take it or leave it then their families are kind of like all right you know what I mean? Respect. Sure, like, okay. it's kind of like... Was you your know? family supportive of you? Was it oh, definitely. Awesome. My mom was like... My mom was like... Uh, she's like, oh, I knew that. <laughs> I, I've just... I wondered when you were going to know that. <laughs> she's like, I knew that. I knew that when I snuck a hidden camera video of you dancing to Spice Girls when you were eight. Like, she was like, I knew it. You know? <laughs> well, that's... So... <laughs> But so yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely like very empowering to be able to do that and come out. And actually, you know what's funny? Um, I I I I'm coming out to you now, but this is funny because it's not like a uh, it's not that that different. But I didn't know what pansexual was until like last week when Brandon Yuri just recently like discussed uh, that he was pansexual or like a, he guessed that he was because. He just connects with people, and it doesn't matter if you're right. gay, straight, right. bi, uh, trans, trans male, trans female, um, you know, butch, or whatever. You know, whatever you are. Like I just connect with people. I connect with laughter. I've always connected with laughter and like personalities. So I guess uh, that makes more, me so pansexual. You're more like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm currently in love with a man. So <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't really matter like what I am anymore because it, you know, I mean, the deed is done. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I I never heard that term before, which baffles me because well, I'm a part, in the, of the part of the LGBT in the community. Absolutely, and and I think 
him I, and I heard the same thing uh, mm-hmm. on some message boards and stuff that I'm part of people going well you know, pardon my ignorance what is pansexual right and you know what I, I gotta be I gotta be honest too is that I thought I knew what it was but then when I heard it explained I was like oh okay now I wasn't exactly correct on this stuff right I mean that's that's I think it's great that he's come out as this just as awareness of what that is right because a mean, lot of people I'm sure had the same conversation obviously we're all very thankful of like the amount of gender fluidity that runs through our industry and like pop culture is like becoming so much more self-aware and like you know accepting of you know like the queer community and just like you know androgyny and all that and I love that because I'm I'm obsessed with like David Bowie and I think that yeah that he's a legend because he did it before and before it was like part of pop culture you know what I mean um but yeah I never heard pansexual so I was like oh, oh I, I understand that yeah that's me totally. right well there you go okay here it is pansexual <laughs> uh cool man well geez I don't have much else to ask you I think we covered a lot of stuff Warped Tour's been okay for you how's your voice holding up I love Sounds this a little raspy it's raspy now because I'm speaking quietly uh, for the sake of the tone of this interview. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but I did just come off stage, so I got a little bit of phlegm. Yeah. Um, I love this interview because I, I didn't, other than the fact that I'm holding this mic right in my face, I feel like we were just catching up because we haven't like we haven't really sat down and talked in, in a couple no. of years, and I just feel like no. we were just like kind of chatting and catching up. That's what I try to do, man, is yeah. just keep it natural. Like, you know, I looked down at some of the notes I made a couple times, but for the most part, we're just here shooting the shit. And another uh, reason why I love podcasts because all yeah. my homies are doing them. So when we do them, it doesn't feel like I'm getting like really interviewed. It just feels like I'm talking to no, them. No, and what's great to too is is dude is is I'm not going to edit this at all. Like, this is just going to be exactly this. There was no breaks, no stops, whatever. So people will hear you say what you want to say. It's not like you know. I'm sure you know when you do. I mean, and place the UK publication is the worst for this shit. But you'll like, <laughs> you'll talk for like twenty minutes, and it'll be some headline. It'll be like something ridiculous that you'll have brought up. Like, I know, like, like, or it's like out of this one, it would be um, Tyler Carter doesn't know what pansexual is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's, I like that you admitted that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like no, that you good. admitted that. And, you know, people not inside the community are gonna feel like, okay, that's cool. I, I shouldn't. Be afraid to ask questions about you know about that stuff. So. Right? Yeah, yeah. As long as you're like, as long as you're respectful, you know. what I mean, like, there's a lot to learn. I still feel like um, I'm learning every day about my own community. But the fact that I'm willing to learn and like be delicate and be respectful, even if I do slip up, and being apologetic, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've had there's been a couple times on this tour where and it, it made me feel awful but there was there was a couple times on this tour where um you know I spoke to someone you know of the trans community and addressed them by the wrong pronoun like just off meeting them you know what i mean and and that that that's horrible to me but it's like knowing that i did that and like and then addressing like and then saying sorry and like un, you know trying to understand um, but yeah, it's a learning curve, and, and I think that's what's really important is just being aware. Like, oh well, yeah, well, I mean, nobody's perfect, right? Right. So, right. cool. Well, thanks, man, and we'll catch up more tonight. Come over and have a have a beer under the yeah, tent, let's. or whatever. We'll sure. Have. Great let's talking to you, Tyler. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, man. So there it is with Tyler. I want to thank him so much for doing this, and it was worth the wait, right? For three years. Great conversation. I wish Issues all the best. And of course, I wish him all the best with his solo stuff. And it is pretty cool how he seems to have two careers going on at the same time. 
So I played a little clip of Issues during the intro. Make sure you check out some of their music. They got some great stuff. But I feel like we don't play enough R&B on the show. So I'm going to leave you with a Tyler Carter solo track. Here is his new single, Pressure, on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next week. I remember when you told me I should go back to the old me Before the tailors and the tattoos Before the Perry on it OG So far left and it feels so right You sit in the back telling me how to drive But I need a taste of someone who Gonna love me for me and my new attitude Put me in overtime, try to control my mind Had enough of this pressure, don't give me this pressure It's raining down on me, I feel like honestly I don't fuck with this pressure, don't give me this pressure Feels like voodoo cause I'm always in control I be like the voodoo, yeah thank you talking to no money or pussy power, no label control my mind Make the rules up as we go and I ain't about to stand in line So far left and it feels so right You sit in the back telling me how to drive But I need a taste of someone who's gonna love me for me and my new attitude Don't give me this pressure It's raining down on me I feel like honestly I don't fuck with this pressure Don't give me this pressure I'm Frankenstein They wanna put me back in the lab If I'm gonna be grinding If I'm gonna be making this crowd I'm gonna do it my way Bitch, get out of my head I'm gonna do it my way Oh yeah, yeah, yeah 